This episode of Cox and Friends is brought to you by the Utah Coal Country Strike Team. That's right, the Utah Coal Country Strike Team. Let's go. And welcome back to another exciting edition of Cox and Friends, the podcast you didn't know you needed and probably don't. I am Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox, and this is the episode where we talk about the Utah Jazz winning the NBA finals coming up. It's it's going to happen, right? What if you like had a dilemma and they were like, hey, you can win uh, this race for governor or the Utah Jazz can win the NBA finals. <laughs> what would you choose? That's... Door one, door two. I, I don't know if I can admit this <laughs> on here, but... Um, <laughs> I, it wouldn't even be hard. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> an easy be, one. Right? Be an easy one, right? Yeah. I do have to say, and by the way, I should introduce uh, our our friends today. The friends are here with us. We have John Cox. John, that, hey, happy to be here. Thank you. That was that was, that was your voice. And SRH, thank you for being here. We're here. we're glad to have you. Is your mic on? Uh, oh, there we question. go. Okay, I can hear you okay. now. Um, and uh, Owen Fuller is going to be joining us. That's right. The uh, the the ladies are not here. Um, Abby and Kirsten are unable to make it, and so uh, so so we're. I, and we're not going to do anything differently, but we're, we miss them. So sorry they're not here. But I, I will say we're going to talk a lot about the, uh, the jazz after this. But I did tell my son, who is leaving um, for two years, he is headed to Tahiti, of all places, French Polynesia. That doesn't sound like a mission. Speaking though. French and Tahitian. I know. It, it, it's, we might have to, you know. Drop him off as and like, pick him up and visit him. And as an elected leader, do you feel like you get special treatment with I, missionary assignments? I do, I do <laughs> not. Do you, do you request? I, I do not treatment? request. How does that work? It's so yes. funny how how many times we've been asked that. Um, but no, it doesn't happen. I mean, the next kid's going to Boise. It's just going to happen. So. I do like the idea though that at some like what would that cutoff be where you get that privilege and you don't? Like, you I, know, I don't what, know. It's what's like, that line where like you qualify for the special? <laughs> <laughs> At county commissioner, you get to request where your kids go. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I did tell my son, who's a big, big jazz fan. I mean, you know, he's really big. I said, look, what if you're the the sacrifice? Like you, you <laughs> were the, the deal. You were the ram in the thicket. Oh wait, is that? <laughs> I mean, God, if he cared about the NBA, and he might. I says uh, <laughs> says, hey, look, um, your team can win an NBA championship, but you won't be able to see it. You'll have to be gone for two years. You know, you won't be able to watch it. You won't be able to see any highlights. You're just out of it for two years. Would you be willing to do that? And he just yelled at me, that's not fair. You can't You can't make that. See, I so. wish he was in a more difficult spot. The Tahiti thing makes yeah, it hard yeah. to feel sorry for. That's him. true. You know? Yeah, I was talking to somebody who went there and said, you know, the thing about Tahiti and, and, and Bora Bora and those places um, in French Polynesia is that it's 70 to 72 degrees in the summer. And in the winter, it's 70 to 72 <laughs> degrees. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I could get used to it, I, I'm sure. So anyway, uh, we will, that's too much jazz talk already. We'll talk more jazz later. But um, we, uh, it's so good to be back. It's been a while. Uh, we, we've, we've been off the air for a while. We've had a lot of stuff going on. You've been busy. I've been busy. Um, you guys have been busy. We, we've all been busy. But we've, uh, we mentioned the last time we'd, we'd been touring, we, we, we had a couple weeks where we were back um, in the office. And then, uh, and then last week, again, we went and uh, toured the south, uh, kind of southeastern portion of the state. We, did, uh, we started in Schofield. Uh, went through all through Carbon County, down into Grand County, uh, Moab. For those of you that don't know where Grand County is, and uh, and then from there San Juan County, so down to Blanding, Bluff, those areas. Then uh, then headed back up to Hanksville. Then then did another loop down through uh, Boulder, uh, Garfield County. So uh, Boulder Lola. and uh, uh, that's Wayne County. Oh, right. we'll, we'll get there. So that was I, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, just testing was, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we we're Tory, and then down to Boulder, Escalante, um, oh. or Escalante. By the way, I choice. asked the locals. We had a huge turnout there. And uh, what's interesting, county commissioner from there, he says Escalante. His wife says Escalante. So um, uh, even a division within yeah, the I, I hear it's dividing uh, families. Yeah, it's house a, divided. Yeah. So and uh, and then and then uh, Henryville, Cannonville, Tropic, up into Bryce. Then uh, made our way up through Anemone and uh, those 
That, then, then up into Wayne County, right? So then we get to Coosheram, Lowell, Lyman, Bicknell, and uh, and so finish Garfield, Wayne, and then Emory County. Uh, shout out to Mike Mauer. We uh, we had a great great time in Emory County. Just, just incredible. Thirty two. We ended up doing thirty two cities in five days. That's crazy. And and just so you know, he's not looking at a list right now while he's saying those. He's got them all memorized. <laughs> you, I, I think by the time you're done with two hundred forty eight, are you going to be able to keep them all straight? No, no. I'll I'll still mix some of them up. But but we your Bicknell and your Kusharams might start getting a little mixed bit, up, a know? little bit for sure. I, I got to say, Kusharam, one of my favorite places, Such a ended cool up being. Place. I, mean, I never stopped, but yeah, I, yeah, I'd been there before. Um, well, like that little store that's part store, part post office or something. Yeah, I can't remember? Like yeah, the, the Merc, the, the Mercantile, Merc. a great name too. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like over a hundred years old, and uh, the store's still standing, and uh, just great people that came out. And as you know, we're doing service projects in all these different towns, and we had we had some great ones. We had a great one there. Um, so many people showed up, and. And it's just fun, right? Because you're talking about the issues that they care about. There, I have to say, there's very little politicking going on. So mostly it's just talking to um, mayors, county commissioners, city councilmen about what's what they need today as lieutenant governor, not as you know the next the next governor, and uh, and then these service projects where the community, like you know, if if you had a um, if you had a political rally in Kusharam on a you know on a Thursday morning or whatever Friday morning whatever day it was, you know you'd get maybe two or three people to show up. But when you're doing a service project, everybody wants to participate and they want to be part of that. And and it's great because you know again government was not designed to solve all of our problems, but communities are better at that. And uh, and that's what we we see. We had, we had a cool one in Price. Um, we we shared some of that on social media where they they had a fence. Um, uh, it's just a chain link fence. Their, their elementary school backs up next to the cemetery. So you've got literally the playground and then a chain link fence and then the cemetery, which is different, but fine. Except that we had kids, a couple kids at that elementary school who had siblings that were buried mm. in that cemetery. Mm. And you know, they go out to play on the playground and, and their sister's headstone was literally mm. just, you know, 20 feet away mm. and and that was our, so we had like 85 people come together to put slats in the fence so you, you couldn't see through it um, made it more of a solid fence so they didn't have to deal with that all the time and those are you know just little things um, but was a lot of fun I think it's been people. so fun to see what the, the different communities come up with and it's been fun watching on social media as they kind of say what are we going to do and when, when uh, the, the Cox for Governor crew comes through town and I just think that's exactly what you were talking about beforehand, that like win or lose or, you know, hopefully win. But like the, the campaign is going to have done some good. And, and watching these communities come together, get to share a moment and kind of show off their town. And, you know, you grew up in these towns and you've told me how it feels when you're from a small town and you feel seen. It just feels like nothing else. Well, that's the other thing. Like mo- most of these places, they're, they're like we've never had anybody come here. You know, we go to go to East Carbon, and there's like a welcoming committee, and and uh, um, the we we saw a cop pull out in front of us. We're like, oh no, you know, he flips on his lights, and we're like, wait a minute, I think he's just escorting us into town. <laughs> that's great. what I always assumed too. When they, yeah, no, he wasn't pulling us over on the freeway the other day. I was like, he's probably escorting. <laughs> sure, <laughs> he wasn't. He wasn't. Do we, do we need to talk about that? I, I think it's worth talking about. I've been getting a lot of tickets lately. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll leave it at that. John. I saw Spencer Hall in the parking lot today, and he was in the passenger side seat. And I was like, hey, you got to be on the other side if you want to drive. And he had this really worried look in his face. And he was like, I, I've just forgotten to pay this ticket. I don't know if it's too late. I think I'm in trouble. So I apologize for you know, I just didn't want to have here. a warrant out for my arrest. <laughs> so there might be. Say, hey, we, I mean, if we're doing this podcast with the fugitive right now, Ooh, it makes it the just, ratings that, just went up. that much more interesting, right? <laughs> uh, on this episode of Cold. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to KSL, who's been fantastic. So uh, I, uh, another thing on, on the trip, though, um, our son and that music you heard kind of leading into uh, to this was Melting Rain, our son's band. And he's now home, uh, which is really cool. And he told us that he was going to sue us if we keep using his music, but it's fine. Bring it. Uh, yeah. Bring it, Gavin. Yeah. yeah. Lawyer up, Gavin. <laughs> That's it. But, so he uh, he came home from, uh, from Mozambique, and uh, he's been home for a week and a half. And... 
yeah, I mean, I can't. I remember how weird it was coming home. You guys had this experience again. You've been in a, this this foreign land culture. Everything's different. You come back and you're you're trying to adjust anyway. And then for him, he has to jump in an RV and <laughs> drive around. Yeah, the which, which I did not do when I got back from my mission. I don't know about you, Spencer. <laughs> no, 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 we did. Just do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit different, and he's trying to fit it in anyway. Been home like one or two days, right? When he got he, in the he RV, he'd been home four days. Wow. Well, yeah, when we when we out, jumped in the RV. Around. Yeah. What did he say? Didn't he say? something like it's fun for one day it's not fun for four <laughs> he did yeah it was pre- pretty awful after that but it was great no I, this last one you had your whole family in we it, right? did yeah we which seemed like a great idea at the time um i was talking to nolan karras who uh, ran for governor back in 2004 and he's like hey look he's like it's the best thing that it can happen win or lose uh, who gets to do this you know and you're it's great for your family and uh and they'll the kids will talk about it forever and i'm like yeah yeah nolan's right we should take our kids and then like Day two, we're like, this was a terrible idea. What, what were we thinking? That- We've lost our children. <laughs> no, no. I, my, the truth is, my kids were fantastic. And again, these are, you know, these are like fourteen-hour days, um, sometimes longer, and uh, it's it's pretty insane. You don't sleep much. Um, now they get to play games and stuff in in the in the RV. Um, but in between towns, but you know, we're, we're actually working. I mean, like we get out and they're like, here's a shovel, you know, we're going to dig some holes and, and it's uh it's hard work. Well, it's kind of the equivalent of just doing like dozens and dozens and dozens of uh, like Eagle Scout projects, <laughs> yeah, which Abby's done true. many of them already. She for did three. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm not going to lie. You know, my mom she did three. Eagle so Scout awards. That's it. So it is a little bit like that um, in every stop. But we're also having like county commissioners and mayors ride on the on the bus with oh, us in cool. between stops. So we have more time to talk about uh, the, the the things that they need and, and the issues. But I'm, I'm I'm reminded of a couple of things. Um, one, I, again, the people of Utah are really amazing, and uh, I, I hope we don't forget that. And and I hope people don't forget that. Take time to get to know your neighbors. Um, there's just great people everywhere. Second thing is. Just how different, and, and again, I know I live there, but um, uh, how different you, rural is and, and, and the, the struggles, the gap between life on the Wasatch Front and life in rural. And again, I, I live in a very rural, 1,200 people um, in a smaller county, a very poor county, but I'm still, you know, 45 minutes away from Provo You're and, and a mall. adjacent. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're the, I mean, we can get there. Something that we're, but, but you get out in some of these places, um, in some of these small towns that we've already talked about, and you're, you know, four hours from Henryville to a, a, a mall or something like that. And, and that's, it's, it's just a different way of life, but they're, they're so grateful for what they have and so proud of the things they're able to accomplish. But it's, it's a struggle to, to get anything done. I mean, you want to build a new fire station. You can't just raise taxes on people. It just, it just doesn't work. Or Mr. Johnson. Or yeah, something. yeah. You, you know, these people <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and the, you know, widow Mauer who, uh, who, just is on a fixed income, right? And and those are the people that you're you're serving. And it's you'll meet people who have been the mayor for 22 years, wow. right? Nobody else wow. wants to do Career it. Politicians. Yeah. 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 Career politicians. Career no politicians. else will sign up. <laughs> Somebody should run as an outsider. No, but you you talked about the 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 faux sponsor that we have at the start of the segment, the Strike Force, and that's kind of what this group is working on. I think we've talked about them a little bit in the past, but. What have you seen as you've kind of gone through some of these communities that are experiencing transition as as their economies are changing and businesses are changing? What are you What are you seeing? Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's where we wanted to finish before this this break, and and that is the uh, the Utah Coal Country Strike Team that we have talked about. Natalie Gochner and and several others are involved. I'm I'm one of the co chairs, and uh, what this was the the Alliance for the American Dream. So this was uh, Schmidt Futures, which I think are the Google. It's uh, Eric folks. Schmidt, uh, Schmidt, who yeah. was the former CEO of Google, longtime CEO, also the former CEO of Novell. Uh, so he actually lived in Utah for a that, period of time. That's right, and uh, and and they've they had this competition um, sponsored by, they, they had four different universities that did this. The University of Utah was one of the four that was chosen. I think Arizona and Madison and Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and Ohio, maybe I think were the four, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, they came, they came up and we, we got to evaluate um, the, the, the applicants and we narrowed it down to the top 10 and then got narrowed down to three and then they got to go compete. And anyway, the coal country strike team got to go back to New York and compete. And we're, we're very proud of them. They, they finished tied for um, I think second place and uh, they, uh, they ended up getting $300,000 for this coal country strike team. Um, and they had a, 
uh, to date, the, the project has received 900000 They've got almost a million dollars that's uh, that's going to this this project. And uh, basically what they're doing is focusing on our coal country uh, with high unemployment and uh, high suicide rates, high opioid addictions, all of those kind of deaths of despair and economic disparities that are affecting people there. And we're, they're, they're focusing on, on a few things. Um, they, they really are focusing on workforce development, helping people get, get into the new economy, um, revitalizing housing stock, creating a tourism infrastructure fund. And uh, I think there was a, a d- there diversification was of, of the economy, too. That's right. So trying to sort of extend that tech corridor or somehow yeah, Silicon slopes, helping Silicon slopes to rural Utah. Down, down to there. Those are the, those are the things they're, they're working on. So we're, we're really excited. I, I felt a sense of optimism in places where I haven't seen it in a while. And, uh, and that's, that's good for all of us. It's good for the state and it's especially good for people in rural. So good times. It was a good week and it's good to be back. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. And welcome back. This segment of Cox and Friends is brought to you by the 2019 Democratic Debates. I, I mean, I guess it's the 2020 election, but it's Can't 2019. They, this segment. So they did sponsor this segment, which is really interesting. I, I was surprised too, and uh, they, they're going to be disappointed when they hear us talking about it because wow, they're not going to get their money's worth. They're not going to get their money's worth. Um, so. I, I have to be honest with you guys. I did not watch mm. the debates. So there were two nights of debates, uh, 10 candidates each night. Does that sound about right? Yeah. It's all I don't know. Faded yeah. together. Might have been 500. Um, but we, uh, I, did, I did follow up on Twitter and saw a lot of the, the back and forth, read some stuff on it. And uh, wow. Uh, let, let me just share this. Um, I, I have a little, a little polling here for you. Uh, just 21% of people support completely replacing private health insurance with a national program, okay? Um, People also oppose coverage for undocumented immigrants, so healthcare coverage for undocumented immigrants. People oppose that. Americans, this is all Americans, not just Republicans, um, all Americans. 59 to 38, and yet all 10 Dems at Thursday's debate raised their hand in support of that. What what is happening with the uh, with this, John? Well, so so I didn't listen to it either. But really, <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I love that neither of us watch it. We have opinions, yeah, 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 yeah. strong opinions. Let's see how. <laughs> I, I I was more just wanting to know who was offering the most free stuff. So you know, mm. that's I was kind of like, okay, well, what are you willing to give me? What you was your, and what was your takeaway? Who won the free stuff? There's a lot of free stuff. It's <laughs> hard to kind of judge who was giving out the most. Yeah, I mean, earlier you, you'll recall, you know, four years ago when it was kind of just a two-person show between Hillary and Bernie. Bernie was kind of the free stuff guy, and yeah. uh, I, Bernie is being out Bernied. Um, other candidates are, are certainly feeling the the socialism burn, and uh, and yeah, there's a lot of free stuff out there. I, I will say one of those on like the. Student loan debts, you know, just erasing all that. I had I known, you know, I I would have liked to have not paid off uh, my student loan debt. My wife, you know, paying off her student loan debt. It would have been nice to know, I guess, if if that was coming down the pipeline. It is pretty wild though when you look at all the uh, like economic stimulus packages and when there's been a recession, all the ways that businesses have been bailed out with three hundred billion and things like that, forty five billion and relieving all those Americans of of that debt would be a pretty big deal for a lot of folks. You seem to be in favor of wow. this. Well, <clears throat> free stuff, Spencer. I'm just mad that I paid mine off, too. But I'm, just, <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm just mad that I worked so hard, so I didn't have a ton no, of debt. The one thing, though, that I do appreciate from that point of view that I think is something that uh, re- uh, Democrats don't have a corner on, and, and Republicans, I think, need to do a better job of establishing this, is you know making sure you lead with compassion. And I think that some of those... Uh, you know, things about giving health care and <clears throat> some of the programs that they're offering, it comes from a place of wanting to like solve some of these problems, but I think that it has to be solved in a different way. It can't just be given handouts or, or offering people free stuff. But I do appreciate that there's an underlying sense of compassion. And I, I don't like that the kind of narrative is being rewritten that Republicans don't care, are not compassionate, and Democrats are. And I think that... Um, you know, candidates on on both sides should be trying to look at 
people as humans and try to find solutions. But yeah, there were a lot of things where I was just shaking my head, like, you know, you know, it just. <laughs> but, and I would say, you wonder what you wonder what's not compassionate is uh, like a Greek financial crisis where you have to push people through massive austerity. Yeah. And and by the way, that's something that Democrats don't have a corner on. You you see Republicans in office right now driving up the national debt. So yeah, we're certainly right. all culpable there right. as well. But but that's the one thing I I look at it. It's the most predictable crisis in our country, and we've got twenty people on stage only offering solutions to make it worse. And, and frankly, even again, on the Republican side, no one's given me anything compelling to address this issue that's coming. Like, I don't need a dream of like seven, you know, lean cows eating seven fat, fat cows. Like, it's coming. We all can see it. It's completely predictable. And and you're right, John. Nobody is talking about it. And it it's disgusting to me. I think both parties are at fault there. I, I am really blown away at the shift that we're seeing on the Democratic side. The... Um, Compared to, I mean, you mentioned Bernie last year versus versus Hillary or four years ago, and and that that, I mean, you go back and look at the Obama stuff, and he looks like conservative almost in in some of his policy proposals compared to what we're seeing today, and and I just don't think that that's a, a winning. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe people are just you know kind of screw it unicorns and give us here everything i just give us it's stuff gonna be I don't so know. it's going to be so interesting to see who comes out of the field on the democratic side who do you think it's going to be i don't know john yeah, that, that's my take and that's kind of why i said you know hey why are you why are you not watching this whole debate and it's like well can you guys get down to like your four people that you're going to like duke it out and then i'll kind of pay a little bit more attention but 20 people it's really hard to guess at this point in time. it really looked like the the second debate the second night the field really looked like it had been cast, like it was central casting. You had, you know, you just you had these little types, and you even had the new agey, um, you know, the, the 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 woman who has, you know, a big following on Twitter because she does new age kind of. I think she's things. going to win. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I do. Yeah, she cleared. I'm not trying to make any accusations here, but I think she had maybe taken a few things before she was flying a little high. On the, but, uh, <laughs> maybe I need to go back and watch this. I, I mean, I saw it, was, it was amazing. Bizarre quotes. Um, but uh, I mean, to your question, you know, uh, I mean, obviously Biden's the front runner, but it feels like a really shallow front runner like we've seen before that won't last long because the, the people that support him, I don't think there's a lot of depth there and he continues to Mess yeah, I think it's up. still a name recognition yeah. count. Yeah, right and now. I disagree a little bit. I, I and I've heard the same thing, and and certainly you, you see it in poll numbers that people who are uh, less engaged in in uh, the the debate right now tend to favor people with higher name ID, like Joe Biden and, and even Bernie Sanders. Uh, but he's been around for a while. I do think there's some institutional support there that uh, that will go a long ways. I, I think. It's really hard to predict a field with so many candidates. Certainly, we saw this on the Republican side in 2016. Um, Donald Trump, nobody gave him a chance. Nobody gave him a chance. Nobody gave him a chance. Yeah, but at this point, he was like number 16. Yeah, but lineup. he had a high profile. People knew who he was, and he had a way of sort of drawing more attention to himself, uh, for better or for worse. And so, I, I I don't know. I have a hard time handicapping him, but I would not count out Joe Biden, uh, especially this early in the race. No, I'm not counting him out. I mean, I saw today, totally I think it was... <laughs> <laughs> but I but I like the argument. Um, it was uh, uh, the five thirty eight guy um, Nate Silver, Silver Nate Silver who who said you know basically he saw it as the 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 three most likely to win were Joe Biden, um, Kamala Harris, and the uh, the senator from Massachusetts Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Those were the three with with Bernie Sanders maybe in kind of the the second tier. That seems right to me. I mean that yeah, that feels, feels right. right. I mean Kamala had her moment right where she uh, she she called out Biden and and got a lot of attention there and apparently uh, won that debate. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I know we have some listeners that, that are, are, are Democrats. They're going to love us talking about the uh, the debate that we didn't watch. This is this <laughs> fantastic. A bunch of it's cliche. I it's watched it. it. I know. Yeah. You, you did watch it. So uh, any other any other big takeaways from? Uh, no, but just to try to make it you know more relevant to Utah, I did go digging into the archives post-debate and did find this uh, campaign mailer from a Republican. I, I won't say his name just to not be mean on the air. What does but, it rhyme with? Uh, rhymes with hurting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the the uh, the ad, it had some cartoons and, and uh, you know, different policies that he was for or against and that the Democrat in that race, uh, Frank Moss, was uh, on the other side of it. And one of the issues in, this is 1970 in Utah, in a Utah election, 
uh, school busing was one of those items. And he was saying that he, as a member of Congress, was against busing and Senator Moss was for busing. And that was a reason to to vote for him or, or against Senator Moss in that race. So kind of wild. It's not that not that long ago. And it, I think it's amazing. Gosh, I can't even talk right now. It's getting, getting choked up. Over Sorry there. about that. I think it's amazing, though, how we're relitigating the civil rights era again. I mean, busing is is I mean, I, I know for me coming up in school, you read about those things and it seemed like ancient history. But we're not over it. I mean, people are, are still <clears throat> debating whether. Things are concentration camps, or if if busing is appropriate, or I, it's just amazing to me to see the history repeats itself. Well, and and, and John, to your point, I, I would have thought. I mean, I knew that was an issue in the South, and of course, that's where we we read about it. Yeah, I, Utah, we didn't I have didn't, busing. Yeah, I didn't know that busing was was well, an actual issue in a campaign here in Utah. Well, so, so like Brown versus the Board of Education, or whatever that that didn't have any impact on Utah because we didn't have segregated schools, uh, and and in large part the reason why we didn't is because there wasn't a significant African American population. And yet, you know, you see it become a campaign wedge issue even here in the state of Utah. Well, we are we are so pleased right now to be joined by the one and only Owen Fowler, who just hey guys, made a good to be here. grand entrance. That's uh, right. My voice gives out. Oh, <laughs> no, Owen can take over. I'll sub in. I got you. <laughs> he but tapped you are, out. Are you okay? He's, he's good. Spencer Hall's hanging in there. Okay, it's, it's been it's been a it's been a big day for, for <laughs> SRH. Uh, we're just talking about the Democratic debates, and uh, Owen, if you want to come in at the end of this segment and give us your your thoughts. Even better if he didn't watch it either. Then you know, <laughs> yeah. I best. actually did watch them. Oh, good for you! And I'll tell you, uh, I thought that the race to the left is really going to hurt them if people remember that in the general. And I think they got to be super careful with the stuff they're saying. It just doesn't resonate with, you know, a lot of Americans. Of course, not just conservatives, but a lot of folks in the center of the political spectrum. Some bad, some bad decisions there that could come back to haunt them, and that kind of just flew right by on the debate stage. And and I think it, what's interesting is like they believe that um, they have to go hard left because that's the only way to motivate their base to turn out that didn't turn out in in 2016. And I just think it's I think it's a bizarre strategy. I think it's going to totally backfire on them because that's not where America is right now. And uh, and I think Trump's going to get reelected. And also a strategy that Republicans across the country have espoused themselves, right? So, I mean, every primary election, we didn't necessarily, necessarily yeah. see it so much in 2016. Uh, Trump, as far as ideology goes, is not necessarily far right in the traditional context that we've thought of that. But it happens all the time. I mean, think of the John Curtis primary when he was running that special election. It was who can out conservative each other. Uh, we see it all the time. So I guess we should not be surprised when it happens on the left as well. Right now, have you guys already talked about the Spanish? I hope that's already oh, been go, discussed. You're sitting here with three Spanish speakers. I know. I'm the, the low non-Spanish speaker. Uh, I, I like the one tweet that I saw that said that um, Cory Booker speaking Spanish sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to speak Romanian. That's about right. Like, I don't think it helped them. And I could only imagine if they pulled something like that with Trump on the stage, uh, how he'd respond. Uh, they set themselves up all too easily. Well, and they're so bad at it. I'm sorry, but you just, if you're not a good Spanish speaker, it sounds like pandering. Well, and also and what they were saying, it was, you know, vamos a la biblioteca. Yeah, it really was. La guitarra. You know, it's like, okay, you know, give me some really, substance. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I, I mean, I had mission companions fresh out of the MTC, you know, eight weeks in Provo who spoke better Spanish than that. So, I mean, don't stand up there and try to like my I, I mean, I'm talking to some of my Latino friends. They felt the same way. Like, don't stand up there and try to talk to me like that. It just makes it sound like I'm just some person that if you, you know, say one word in Spanish, I'm all in. Right. Like, Instead uh, of speaking to the things that matter yeah. the most about them, which I think they could have done better. And, about. I, and, and, the, the, and then at the same time, ignoring issues that are real to, to folks who are here who, uh, you know, have that background and are immigrants. I think we have to do more to have a substantial outreach to groups that are marginalized versus like learning a, a few phrases. I, well, I thought and a I little thought counter there too. Good. And I, I agree with what you're saying. I, I, I do think in a, on a debate stage like that, it feels more like pandering than anything yeah. else. But if it was just a one-on-one -on -one thing, if right. you're an elected representative to go on like a Spanish language oh, station, sure. that's, you know, you're trying nice. your best, you know, yeah. I, I think it's welcome. And no, for I, sure. I, I for sure. I mean, it. it's not like I've ever done that. That's why I was <laughs> trying to give you the out. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for covering for me. Now, yeah. now, relatedly, have you guys heard Spencer Hall order 
at a Mexican restaurant. I, mean, that. I can't help it. I am that guy. <laughs> and it does come out as overpronounced like sometimes. Rio. And I, I actually like think about it and I try not to and it comes out I love like it. overpronounced. And it's I can't help it. La Ruchata. He, likes, he really likes he your like chata. chata. Yeah, I can't help it. I can't help it. I love it. it. Never stop. I know. There yeah. was like there was some meme the other day that was pretty great that like that showed a clip from the the Democratic debate and I think it was Cory Booker speaking and the other candidates are looking at him like come on guy it was actually it was Beto and it was like when you're when you're at Cafe Rio and the guy who just got home from his mission is about to order <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to say I'm I'm always more impressed though with uh, with people and this is part of the Arthur Brooks thing right where people go where they're not expecting to go yeah. right and so I, love that. I, I, I would be much I, I'm less impressed by a bunch of Democrats pandering by speaking Spanish than I am Democrats you know going and talking you know talking Sampy or talk, talk, <laughs> yeah. talking to That's farmers true. you know yeah, talking to, to the Midwest well, wouldn't that be awesome if he's that like be, hey I just want to say something <laughs> to some of you rural voters out there then he just went total slang <laughs> oh, that starts don't talking do like, yeah. don't do it yeah, that's don't not, resist that I do I do want to say though, John, you make a good point though. This doesn't mean that when you're out in the community, you shouldn't try to. Oh, like, that's speak awesome. And, well, and yeah. even if you don't speak great, I mean, maybe it's less for really politicians, but just in general, like I, 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 traveling awesome. abroad. At least just making a little effort to try to speak uh, someone's native language. It is a little disarming. Uh, and, and the same is true, I think, in the inverse. Except the French. You, you, <laughs> Those they people, they, they hate, hate, they hate you. you regardless. If you try it, and you're not, I love you. Really <laughs> yeah. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. <laughs> Je m'appelle. You know, I heard once that you have to make two million mistakes to learn a language. So I try to get them out as quickly as I that's can. Ridiculous. That's yeah, my whole that's, goal. That's, 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 that's an arbitrary budget. number. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't trust that. Richard G. Scott. Okay. So now I set you up for that. They just making stuff up right now. So it's like, it's like you know that ten thousand hours thing. I, yeah, I just kidding. I'm all yeah. in it. All right. Uh, well, that was a robust um, good discussion have all about yeah. the back. Yeah, yes. it's great. To, great to have the crew together. All right, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, it's it's everything you wanted to know about jazz free agency, uh, free mm. agency in the NBA. Mm-mm. This is this is the part we've been waiting all year for. It's it's almost as exciting, if not more exciting, than the actual games themselves. We'll be right back. And welcome back. This segment of Cox and Friends is brought to you by John's Biblical References. <laughs> just Don on us that John has actually made two Biblical References. Uh, one to uh, to the uh, the dream that Pharaoh had with the seven fat cows and the seven skinny cows and a ram in the thicket. Uh, look, look, if you want to be the first one here to cast a stone, so be it. <laughs> oh God, there it is. There it is. All right. We got three. three for this guy's a prophet, if, uh, but not, not in his own podcast. Not in his own podcast. Actually, it's brought to you by the the Jazz Summer League, which begins tonight. This will probably be posted tomorrow morning. It's Monday night. Um, tomorrow morning, uh, you'll still have two days of Summer League left. So Tuesday night, Wednesday night, you should come to the Jazz Summer should, League. Should we comment about the first Summer League game that we didn't watch, uh, similar to what we just did with the Democratic debate? Uh, maybe we should. Great game, right? <laughs> it was a great game. We haven't seen it yet. It hasn't technically started yet. Uh, first game is actually being played. Uh, we think it, I think it's San Antonio-Cleveland first game, and then tonight we've got Memphis and Utah and then they just take turns you know those four teams playing each other yeah. so it's going to be a lot of fun uh I don't know. Or the, should we be excited? We got three rookies for the. Well, gym. I think this summer league ro- these summer league rosters are as unrecognizable to me as the regular <laughs> rosters are going to be. The way every player in the league got shuffled, they all got thrown into a basket, shuffled. Like, Unbelievable. The rosters are going to be completely so different. We've never seen a day of free agency like that, right? I think there were like forty. Well, first of all, started earlier, which was nice, so we didn't have to stay up till midnight or Eastern to, to start seeing stuff happen. Um, uh, no, nobody's following the rules anymore, which is fine. I, I'm okay. As far with as that. tampering, tampering. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're not allowed to start negotiating until that time. And then, like the second the clock turns, they have like this complex, <laughs> multi, like hundred million dollar deals thing. done like, yesterday. We're just done. We, like we couldn't start negotiating until a minute ago. We got it. <laughs> it's over. We got in a room. So, well, well, technically, they say they can't talk to the agents, though. So that's the loophole that they, they use. They can't start yeah. talking to the agents. Yeah. So let's let's start here, though. Let, I mean, let's start here. Literally, jazz. Right. Yes. Let's start with the jazz. Yes. So the jazz is pick up Mike Conley. We've talked about that huge deal. We love Rubio. We're sad he's gone, and we got Mike Conley, and we should be very excited. So 
out of nowhere, um, I guess day before yesterday, these reports start coming out that uh, the Jazz are hot on Bogdanovich, um, Boyan Bogdanovich, the other Bogdanovich, the one that plays mm. for the uh, the Pacers, and a guy whose name had, had hardly ever come up because everybody just assumed he was signing, re-signing with. And it's uh, harder to pronounce. Like I, I am excited. <laughs> like my uncle, I don't know how he's going to get it wrong, but I, you know, it's catchy, Bogdanovich. He's going to say I'm Vic learning. at the end instead yeah, of Vich. Yeah. That's that I, was the I will make that mistake. It's going to happen, um, and uh, not going to lie that, you know, I mean, several weeks ago, I said, I told Steve Starks, I want anyone with a Vich at the end, a V-I-C at the end, because every, every other team had one. Every time in the playoffs I'm watching, I'm like, hey, I want, I want that guy. Yeah. I want one of those. Vucevic. Uh, yeah, Vucevic. They're the other Bogdanovich. Yeah. Um, From Croatia, right, Bogdanovich? Yeah, I think okay. so. So, so yeah, our starting yeah. lineup would be uh, Croatia, Australia, France? I mean... If Joe starts, if Joe, Joe Joe's going to start. I think. Joe's I don't start. know. We'll see. I yeah, don't know. He starts. We'll yeah. see. Uh, okay. So and and then and then out of nowhere, uh, the, the, we're, we're we're sad because this means Derek Favors has to go, right? And we love Derek Favors. One of my favorites. Yeah, my um, fave. <laughs> I, okay, get out. Okay, yeah, I'll leave. Um, You're off the podcast. <laughs> the, the, the heartfelt, the heartfelt <laughs> no uh, shout-outs from all the players were, was really cool to see. Stuff. Like, there's never been a more of a class act. And as someone who used to cover the team during the Ty Corbin era, I, I era. it was kind of that last vestige, you know, and it's nice to kind of... And I mean, the only upside is that it's nice to end that era and kind of. <laughs> was that? Yeah, I was holding you back. You what are you saying? Kind of a constant <laughs> reminder. I'm just that. saying. I'm just saying. It's funny that I I covered the team during like the worst time. You did. You know? I know. I'm writing stories, just trying to come up with anything because it sure wasn't the product on the floor giving me anything <laughs> to write about. I, I am excited though for like D Faves to come back and play because like we're gonna cheer for him. It's gonna be this this welcome home experience. And if you're a newer jazz player, and a lot of these guys are you know who, who have you seen it's the gordon hayward returns or someone else where it's not so welcoming and i think that's a good message about our fan base that's a great call we're gonna go wild for faves when he comes back i i i submit that he may have been the most underrated jazz player in jazz history i i think um well, I history totally will that. reflect we're just he, gonna leave Fazenko out in the cold uh, on this, or what? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, I just say, even Mikey amongst Moore, jazz fans, I don't think we appreciate him as much as as the numbers and the consistency. Well, especially like. considering the fact that he was willing to give Rudy the chance yeah. to emerge, and that took his numbers down quite a bit. And yet, it was always when there was one of those matchups where Rudy just wasn't the best fit, where D. Faves would come in and just throw the hammer down on people. Well, remember like oh, the Milwaukee Bucks game where yes. Gobert just got run off the court, unfortunately, and uh, D. Faves came in and we pulled out the victory. So there, there's matchups where he was very, very helpful. I'm curious to see sort of how Ed Davis plays in that same sort of role. Well, so, so that's the point. So we're all, now we're all celebrating Bogdanovich, but immediately you kind of think, oh, well, we've got a big hole to fill there, right? With with favors, what are we going to do? How are we going to get there? And out of nowhere, um, we we sign Ed, you know, and immediately I, I call him Ed. You, you just know, call, my him close Ed? Personal yeah, call him Ed. Ed. And and uh, we're like, wait a minute, who's who's this guy? And then you start doing his research. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing, and and everybody loved him. I mean, did you see the article that I shared yeah. on the text thread about how he is like the very favorite teammate of the group in Portland back that he was with before the Nets, and they were all saying like Dame Lillard says, I would want to be teammates with this guy for the rest of my career. Well, and then I remembered that yeah. we we wanted the Jazz to draft him when they drafted. him. Haywood? Is that was it? Oh Hayward? <laughs> uh, Hayward. So uh, that, that same draft. And, and the guy's numbers, Eddie. again, exactly what we needed. I mean, he's he's 90% of favors, a le- little less offense, but maybe even better defense and uh, rebounding off the charts. Uh, just those are, the perfect fit. Those are all the same tools, by the way, that I would bring to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Great locker room guy, glue guy, <laughs> some rebounds, you know, et cetera. A really good teammate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Uh, so, I, again, if you just on paper, and, and, and that's how we're playing games on paper right now. Um, could you have drawn up a better team? I mean, I liked how uh, Twitter was basically like NBA championship, six man of the year. Where's MVP. the parade going to be? Like we went through the roster and like named every single guy <laughs> as winning an award. Like basically it's a clean sweep. All but, the way but I have to say what's different this time. And we do this every time. What's different this time is everybody's doing that. I mean, all of the national guys, um, you know, every publication, everyone thinks the Jazz have hit a home run and that they are legitimate title contenders. Now, I don't know if that should worry us, um, but... I, I'm one of those who thinks we'll probably never win a title, but I love the... I, I, I saw the a guy on Twitter, and I'm not going to call him out, but I, 
by what name. It, what does it rhyme with? Yeah. <laughs> but he was saying, this is going to be a horrible year because now we have expectations. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, just the, I thought it was the worst take. I, I, t- 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 you... I get the point, but like that's what happens when you have a really legit that's front a good office way to live your coach. Life, like... With uh, mediocrity, team, like, yeah. you know, I just, I want to keep expectations. What's interesting is, the, you know, like, the only negative comments I saw did yeah. come from jazz fans. Like, th- there is, it's 100% of the national commentators all believe that the jazz hit, it went three for three, we, just nailed it. We do get a little attached to our, our players, especially yeah. homegrown talent. So I, I think with some of the, the jazz fan comments that I had seen, there was a lot of, Hurt yeah, about I'm seeing Derek that guy. Which I've, I've I think is a great sign, though, too, that like you know we do love our guys and and we're gonna love these new folks as well. I saw uh, Spencer Cox's dad yesterday, and his the only thing that he would talk about with it is just how sad he was that Favors was going. Yeah. That's it. He couldn't he couldn't get beyond that for a little while, and that's cool. It's Derek fan. Favors when he was first drafted, core four, right, bringing him back. But uh, he came and did like a statewide tour, kind of felt like your RV tour a mm. little bit, I think. But he came down to Mount. Pl- Pleasant, which is in San Pete County, and I remember I just really wanted to go because I wanted to meet him. But it was like a junior jazz tour, and I didn't have a kid. Like, ah, <laughs> I do? I was like, hey, can I borrow one of your kids? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> so my brother, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Payson. So I was like, hey, do you mind if you, if you know, I brought you know your son down to this thing? He's like, yeah, sure. So I brought <laughs> oh my nephew down, <laughs> and we hung out with Derek Favors. It was great. He was that's very great. gracious. Yeah. He has always been that way. Great teammate all around. Royce O'Neill making that tour this year. So mm. um, very excited for the opportunities for jazz guys to step up, uh, like Royce, yeah. um, George and Yang. Uh, I, I think I just believe that Quinn is going to have a heyday. It's like having a custom car built just for Quinn. And it, Well, and the more I learned about Mike Conley, you realize what a – I mean, he won that citizenship award. He's best teammate award. And he <laughs> to have him and Donovan in the backcourt together, they might actually be like governor, you know, lieutenant governor. I'm just saying you might be worried. <laughs> a little bit if they decide to throw in I'm fine okay you I'm go good with it yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. I'll step aside whatever it takes literally though yeah. I've always wondered why no one's done that like a really popular athlete at one of these universities so they should run for like a local office <laughs> Jonathan Tavernari BYU <laughs> that's what I'm saying <laughs> this case is not popular <laughs> no but there should be like if you're an athlete you should run for mayor of your small town like well, that's the that's the secret about like Provo, for example, is you that could win. You yeah. absolutely could win. If but people the difference is that you have to be mayor, and <laughs> that's the hard part. Not that great. Cross like, that bridge when you get there. <laughs> if, you, if you're an athlete, like you get all of the benefits of being mayor without being mayor. So why why would you worry about it? I don't know. Well, you do like you do at class. You send somebody else. That's, that's exactly right. That's how it works. Now, uh, what I want to say about the front office here is they've given us another team that's going to be so easy to cheer for. Right. That's yeah. what's so great about it is there were a lot of players out there. Like, I mean, I had to laugh when Houston was talking about getting Jimmy Butler. It's just like, give me a break. You already have a completely combustible locker room situation. You're going to add that <laughs> yeah. guy to the Let's mix? add another ball-dominant bad of, locker room guy. A little bit guy. of gasoline <laughs> right. to this like, But the Jazz, look at who they got. They found these guys, and I didn't even know that Ed Davis was that kind of guy. And then you read about him, it's like, of course he's going to be an awesome Jazz man. Yeah, we call that Jazz DNA. Um, so uh, I, I, I really think we need to give a shout-out. We talk a lot about Dennis Lindsay on here, but Justin Zanuck is is calling those shots now, right? And uh, it he... Man. And to get us these three guys that we're going to watch tonight in the Summer League, I mean, you don't know if, if any of them are going to really prove to be an NBA player, but you look at all the people that have come through the Jazz that have gone that route, like you know Wesley Matthews, Damari Carroll, people that maybe weren't highly lauded when they came in and we developed them. Like, we've got three shots from this group when we went into the draft with one pick. It's... Awesome. It's remarkable. Okay, uh, quickly, um, other storylines from the NBA. Uh, Kawhi. I think he's secretly trying to sabotage the Lakers by holding out. See, he knows he's going to go back theory. to Toronto. Oh, but please. what a great move. No, no, no. That's my what theory. What a great move. You know please. that you've got to lock down, but you know you can also screw the Lakers for so the summer. Please tell me that's happening. This is what I would do if I was the best player in the NBA, which I've thought about. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen, but had it occurred. It could happen. By, yeah. the way, yeah. wait, by the way, whatever follows here, just know this is how John's brain works. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, whether it's sports, politics, whatever it is, he's, he's always thinking. <laughs> yeah. Delusion. 
conclusions whatever, of grandeur. Yeah, exactly. Whatever advantage He's you can He's playing chess, but it's like evil chess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, what you do is exactly what we were just talking about, Spencer Hall. So you're thinking the same way I am. Yeah. And that is, yeah, it you say, wears off I'm going to take uh, five meetings. And you pick the four teams that you just hate, <laughs> right? But then you string it along as long as possible. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to take that meeting. Maybe like, uh, I, got, I got like a July 4th Audi. I'm going to take it like July 5th, right? So meanwhile, all the other players are getting signed. They're saving that cap skip space. They may about to free it up. And then only one person walks away with uh, with the guy. We yeah. call that the Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Um, exactly. Because that's exactly what he did to us. Well, and credit, too, to the Jazz, not just for their, their quick pickups, but also for Derek Favors to give him time to work out a deal with another team. And, and you know, we didn't string him along either. That that shows loyalty to our players as well. And I'm so excited to watch him on the Pelicans. That is going to be a fun gonna be, he, he got to a watch. nice spot to land. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a great mentor. Uh, for Zion, I call him Zion. I don't know. I call him Zions. Yeah. <laughs> like the part of Utah thing. Yeah. Yeah. There is no Zion. It's Zions. So that's, that's how we know people. That's how we know if you're legit, if you're from here. Uh, okay, so uh, Kawhi ruining the Lakers, I'm, I'm all in for that. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, any any other Kawhi thoughts? The only thought is he if he does go to the Lakers, of course they'll become immediately the betting favorites in the league. But there's a lot of mileage on LeBron, and Anthony Davis has not been healthy all the time. So I think that's a big risk factor for them. They will be amazing if all three of those people are together, but we saw what happened in the finals of the Warriors. All right, well, let's talk about the Warriors. Um, they surprise everyone. They land uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, D'Lo ends up there. Uh, everybody goes crazy, like, oh, of course they got him, and of course they're going to be amazing. I don't see it, and I, I'm wondering what the heck and is happening. they're going to get rid of him. Like, yeah, well, I, I heard that somewhere, yeah. And I'm like, of course. Well, first of all, I'm not sure he's a max player. He's young. He did he did look very good this year. but If I'm the know, Warriors, I shut all my guys down and let them have a year of rest. Like, Steph like gets a massage on the sideline during the game <laughs> and plays like two minutes <laughs> and shoots like a moonshot. Nice. That's it. But you keep them all fresh and then you come back and you do another five year run. Like there you go. You know, just like inject him with stem cells on the side <laughs> for the whole game. Take lots of trips to uh, Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think what they're doing. Who knows, right? But is that they're going to try to use D-Lo's, uh to help them get through the Clay injury and then trade for assets. So when Clay's coming back, presumably towards the end of the year, if they can hang on to like a six or seven seed, you're still going to have Steph, Clay somewhat healthy, and Draymond, and then maybe some of the pieces that you get from trading D-Lo, and he helps you get the record to to get that Fine. far. I'm not scared. No, it's not be scared. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, thoughts? I think it's I think it's kind of fun. That, that's what I love about this summer. It's team chaos. Like <laughs> let's just mix it all up. You're you're see. always team chaos. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I love it. But I think I, I I liked Kyrie and and LeBron together. I thought they when they were clicking and getting along and when they needed to, when they came back from that three one deficit and won that championship, that was fun to watch. And I think there's some real team chaos. Uh, potential with KD and Kyrie. We could have, they might not win it all, but there's going to be a couple games that are, we're going to remember forever. Well, Those two are going to both even put up 60 than, in a game or something. Then Kawhi destroying the Lakers, uh, right? You've got uh, Kyrie destroying teams that he's on. So, I mean, he <laughs> completely destroyed the Celtics this year. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see what happens there, John. Well, so, so I always think about this. I mentioned this before, but with Donovan Mitchell and the ties to New York and potentially the Knicks, I always just have that lingering. I know we have the rights to him for a long time, but uh, I just, please bless the James Dolan always remains the owner of the New York <laughs> Knicks because I think that helps Donovan stay a jazz man. That was my next time. one. I mean, the, the, the Knicks strike out yet again. After I mean, everyone that they've given, you know, ill-advised max contracts <laughs> to, they march into conversations with Katie and say, we're not going to do it. I, mean, I, I, I wonder if that's actually true yeah. or if it's one of those, like, you're trying to save face in the end, but... But I love that the Knicks be, made themselves the center of attention for the whole summer. They weren't even in it. They weren't even players. They didn't even get it. But somehow it's all the New York fans just wanted to be. And clearly the New York ownership doesn't care. Well, and then you're, you know, you're trading off Porzingas to make uh, cap space for these yeah. guys that you're going to sign that you didn't sign. I legitimately feel bad for Knicks fans. And doesn't and it that, feel like as a PR guy, it seems like their ownership is more concerned with like the PR people like squashing a story or something than like going out and putting a good oh, yeah. team on the floor. There's some, no, James some real leadership uh, non-examples. I, I wonder there. if they could do something to vote owners off the island. I mean, they did it with the Clippers, basically. They just said, okay, you've said something and also you're an idiot, so you're gone and Balmer's in. Um, 
this he's got they got to go they got to go and it shows the value of stable ownership like that's where all these NBA teams start that's what's really occurred to me a lot more in the last few years and why we're so lucky to have the Miller family I do so. have some concerns though so as I understood it we're going to start uh, the league is is requiring us to call owners not owners anymore but governors and I'm just wondering, was this a play all along, Spencer, for you to secretly take over <laughs> yeah, the touch? Yes, yes, it was. Like a, uh, it doesn't yeah, work in the inverse, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that not how it works? Yeah, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't work. I'm very one. disappointed. Uh, the Lopez brothers are together. I mean, That's anybody fun. excited nice. about that, right? Nice. I, I think they, twins, I've always said, together. twins should always play should together. have to play together. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they don't like each other, they should have to play together. It's also entertaining. And Robin's Twitter feed is pretty great, so I would just recommend that. That's the brother who's not as good, but good times. What else have we missed anything well i don't know if you saw the warriors put out a statement today that they're actually gonna they didn't use the word retire but they're not gonna ever use katie's number 35 they sent him with you know a nice little statement you know you've brought us two championships three great seasons Good luck to you. As long as I'm here. How, how much of that is care. we feel bad about the that's Achilles? Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Diagnosis of that's what it was. Please don't sue us. SJC over here is bringing up the Warriors just so he can tell us he doesn't care. I don't care. Like five seconds later. <laughs> that's what. That's that's really why. If I'm the Warriors, uh, I shut it down and I just rest everybody for a year. Yeah. Like you're just Great. you're not it this year. Just shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Warriors. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Houston, big news, no news. Uh, I, I was hoping they were going to shop uh, or get Capella off somewhere. I don't know why he just uh, is because not he, my favorite he matchup does so us. well against us. So yeah, but no one else. We're the only team that struggles against Capella. Exactly. So so aren't he and Rudy kind of friends? Uh, sure. I mean, like, because <laughs> he wears Capella from yeah. he, Switzerland. I can't remember where yeah, who he I played for. Yeah. Okay. Anything we missed? Well, it was a fun day. It was a fun day. I I just want to say, with Summer League, I think it's important that you win the Summer League championship. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. That's that's the one. These aren't just practice games. Like, (laughs) I love it when we win the Summer League championship. You know what's so great about Summer League? (laughs) We sub in Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Five minutes to play. I I love the fact that there are always total, um, like, false gold players who look great in summer league and then they yeah. they're the, the nothing. Deshaun Stevenson uh, Memorial Award. <laughs> right. Wait, but then, speaking of summer league, is this are we going to talk about Jimmer and the Warriors? <laughs> uh, uh, that's what I I'm don't care. Do care. Do care. I, okay. care. I love yeah. that actually. Uh, but then there's also players where like when Dame Lillard his first year showed up in summer league, everyone said no, this is the real deal and they were right. Yeah. Well, so you remember, don't know. We, when we had uh, Donovan, we had Jason Tatum, and yeah. uh, Markel Fultz, Ooh, amazing smooth. jump shot, and Fultz, they were all here in Salt Lake City as well. That, yeah, was, that was back when he could shoot and play. We we went to that game. I know. The very first game, Donovan versus Markel, and we're like, hey, this Mitchell And kid. then I went down to the floor, and I was like, hey, Markel, maybe try doing this with your shot. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was all John. <laughs> He's Just the vector. It. <laughs> it's like the, the temple mailer of yes. jump shots. I'm so <laughs> glad, though, that Summer League is back in Salt Lake. It was a, it was a, a crime that it left for a minute and it's so good to have it back one of my favorite things is is coming to summer league games it's the best well and shout out to dame uh lillard who just became the first player in nba history to sign a contract where he will make over 50 million dollars a year he got the con- big contract Spencer. i was chuckling though when uh, weber state like retweeted it and they're like way to go dame it's like i, I see what you're doing there weber <laughs> yeah, yeah recruiting. very transparent they're gonna do that little recruiting call where the the, uh, the little <laughs> student calls and says hi i'm a student in this and what would you think about like donating ten dollars a month it'd be really yeah. great to have a scholarship. any amount helps yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there any questions about campus you'd like to ask? And I was asking. I'm like, no. There's nothing about campus that I, know I care what you're about. Doing. He uh, he loves Weber State though, and reps the uh, yeah. reps Weber and uh, good guy. And I'm sure there'll be a nice donation somewhere in the future. So, all right. Well, that has been uh, another uh, just remarkable rendition <laughs> of Cox and Friends. Thanks for joining us again. It's good to have uh, you in our lives, and hopefully, you enjoy having us in your lives. We're uh, we'll be back again next week, right? I think we're coming back next week. Let's, yeah. let's not make any commitments. Let's plan on coming <laughs> back next week. All right, and remember to uh, always do good. Cox and friends out.